Christos Anesti. Christ is risen. This is now the third Sunday after the Feast of the Resurrection. First Sunday was Thomas Sunday. Second Sunday, we remember Christ as the bread of life. And today we are um, um, remembering in this, in this um, gospel uh, many things, but we are going to focus on specifically one, God willing, um, and that one being worshiping Christ in spirit and in truth. Um, I'm just getting set up here for a second, but I, as way of introduction, I just want to tell you that this woman, of which we read her story during Great Lent and also during the Holy 50 Days, we will not in our lifetime, even though we do this twice a year, for the rest of our lives, we will not exhaust the meaning and the depth of this story as it applies to us. We will never get to the end. You might hear something over and over again, but it will never be that you um, are, are hearing something that is not worthy to be meditated on or to be applied in your life. Um, and the only reason why I'm saying this to you is because we have to continue to go further and understand our faith and our relationship with God in light of this remarkable woman. She's remarkable. I mean, you know, just think about yourself. You're in Costco, maybe you bought all this stuff. You have a couple, you bought a case of water. Uh, you're online and someone comes up to you and says, give me a drink of water. You're going to say, come on, man, go get your own drink of water. Leave me alone. Uh, I don't have time for this. Or um, You might engage a little bit, but in general, that's your knee-jerk reaction. And that was her knee-jerk reaction as well. But then she started to ask very important questions. It was the first question that she asked when she realized she was talking to somebody great. And so you ask yourself, what's the first question I would ask? If I'm talking to God directly, if I'm talking to Christ directly, she wants to know about worship, worship in spirit and in truth. And it brings us to our understanding of our worship. And I want us to pay attention because I think we misunderstand what we do or we don't have a clear picture of what we do, especially here on church on Sunday. Our faith, our faith, what we believe and what, we've, what has been passed on to us and what we pray that we're going to pass on to the next generation is not an intellectual faith. It's not only for super smart people. It's not even a faith that follows logical rules and definitions, uh, rational proofs. It has logical rules, it has rationale to it, but not all the time. Our faith is guarded and kept and passed on through our worship. Do you think that we came here because we were excellent in Sunday school? We've come to this point because we've read every theological book and we've arrived at this point having read faithfully our Bibles and understood them and read faithfully the writings of the fathers and understood them and that's why we're here today? No. And I'll, I'm going to dare to quote that the ignorant, illiterate farmers of Upper Egypt kept the faith better than the theologians of today. It's because of their worship. And I use those words lovingly, not in a way of uh, to disparage anyone. Let me put it another way. Even if we were 
the best Sunday school students and reading our Bibles all the time and learning the fathers, that's not the way we pass on the faith. The faith has to be lived, lived. And this is going to come back to worshiping God in spirit and in truth. It has to be lived. And the, the best and full, most fully way that we live this is here in the divine liturgy and our partaking of the body and blood of Christ, as well as in other things that are done by us outside of these walls. Christ said to the Samaritan woman very clearly, True worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for such the Father seeks to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and truth. So we worship God, and God is spirit and truth. And why we worship God is because we are seeking to become filled with the spirit and filled with the truth. There's a reciprocal nature to this. We worship in spirit and truth to receive the spirit and to be filled with truth. <coughs> we become what we hear. We become what we see. We become what we think. Right? And if you don't believe that, if you don't believe that you become what you hear and you become what you see, and you become what you think, then you have, then you, you're not aware of what's going on around you. Everyone in advertising, everyone in politics, everyone in product placement, everyone basically who is an influencer on, in social media, everyone knows that. And that's why all these people who know this concept spend billions of dollars in putting stuff in front of you to see it, to hear it, to think about it, so that you can be purchased and, they, and then you can purchase their product. This is like when you read, when you watch the news on Sunday, or not Sunday, in the evening, right? And you think that news is really what's being presented to you, you're wrong. The news is there so that you watch the commercials. And the commercials in between, you know, with the commercials in between. And so the more salacious the news, ah, that's going to get a lot of people watching, so then the commercials become, you know, more expensive or whatever, and, or, or they, they, they buy that, 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 that time spot, right? And they, that's, this is, we're talking to the older people, right? This is the people that we have to actually get up from the couch and change the channel. Uh, and maybe we had a remote control that was great and we got, but that was the world of commercials. But today we have the same thing. We have the same thing in social media. You have all of these influencers. What do they do? They show a product. They have 100,000 followers. The people of that, of that, the owners of that product give that influencer money. And this is how they, it's, it's not millions of dollars, it's billions of dollars. To come down to that basic concept of we are and we become what we see, what we think, what we hear. How many of us have commercials from the 1980s still stuck in our heads? Right? We didn't know. I mean, I didn't know as a child that if I watched a commercial a thousand times, I would still have it in my head in the year 2021. If I knew that, I, I, I certainly didn't want to be tortured in nowadays talking about, you know, having 
you know, nobody doesn't like Sarah Lee, right? You know, stuff like that in, is stuck in my head. I don't, I don't want that, right? But that is now something every time I see the this, this Sarah Lee, I, see this, I think of the song. You, you get the point. So why, why does this come back to? Is that we become what we think and what we hear and what we see. And for this reason, for this reason, we have the hymns and the worship in the church that has remained the same for hundreds of years. You know, when you, when you have the hymn, Agios Othios, or when you, the children have the hymn, Thok Teti Gom, stuck in their head. Yes, it might be out of season. Yes, it might not be the appropriate time. But it is good for them to hear and to, rem- to keep those words stuck in their head. May they always say to Christ, Yours is the power, the glory, the blessing, the majesty. So that they can become people who are always glorifying God. Our worship shapes us. And we also must allow the worship to shape us. Right? So the worship shapes us. But if I say, I'm not going, I'm not going to, I don't feel like doing it. I'm not allowing the worship to shape me. We might say, for example, in the liturgy, Lord, have mercy a hundred times. From the very beginning, with the 41 times and the rest of it, maybe we get to 100 times. And people might say, why are we doing this? It seems like we're begging an angry God to have mercy on us. But if we read our Bibles, and we take the word, have mercy, and we apply it in the context of the Bible, we see two blind men who are calling on Christ to have mercy on them. We see the Syrophoenician woman, the Canaanite woman, crying out to Christ, saying, have mercy on my daughter. We see the father whose son throws him. You know, (laughs) sorry. The the son throws himself in the fire during a seizure. The father says, have mercy. In none of those situations is Christ angry. Did, Did any of them think that Christ was angry or God was angry with them and they're saying have mercy because of that? No. They asked for mercy because he is merciful and able to heal and able to fix And that's the same in our faith by by the way which we approach our Lord. But if you listen outside, you know, if you you start to hear about Christianity through the mouths of people that aren't quite understanding it as we understand it, when they start to talk about sin and justice and hell and judgment and the cross and the blood of Christ, you hear them and then you hear it kind of spun in a story that is different from the tradition and the apostolic uh, the apostolic tradition that's been passed on to us, it becomes this, this different way, a newer way, and it's, it's, it's because they had to destroy the tradition and come up with things anew. And then you might be convinced that God is angry. You might be convinced that we're asking the Lord to have mercy on us because of this angry God. And then you might be convinced that God is not angry, and therefore we shouldn't say, Lord, have mercy so many times. Either way, we have been confused with what we do here and why we do it and if it is even necessary to begin with. And we have not understood what it means to worship God in spirit and in truth. It is all necessary to form us. And to form us into what? Into that image of Christ, the one who made us. We look to Him to become like Him. We listen to Him to become like Him we, 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 we are attentive to Him to become like Him. And it is necessary for us 
in our Christian life to acquire the mind of Christ, would you believe that all we do in the church is to help you acquire the mind of Christ? It is something that we all have access to and we all have capabilities to pursue and even to achieve, but only if we worship God in spirit and in truth. And so we have the worship which we can say everything, everything from the Egbeya, midnight praises, uh, our, even our fasting, our prostrations, all of this and so much more is to shape us so that we can become like Him. And the sacraments are also there to shape us. Baptism shapes us. Partaking of the Divine Eucharist shapes us. Confession shapes us. Of those three major sacraments, practiced since the beginning of the church, not everyone appreciates their importance or even their necessity. Especially confession. You know, when we reject this idea of confession to a priest or to Christ in the presence of a priest, we are rejecting the experience of all the saints throughout history who have said to us and passed this on. No, you, imagine if Saint Mina said, guys, guys, please, we don't need to confess to a priest. Then confession would have been derailed. And, and if, you know, Saint Mary of Egypt continued with that and, and, and other saints, Saint Basil wrote a treatise about that, then we wouldn't have done it, but they didn't do that. They kept that, that practice and they brought it to us to this very day. And the church has kept this practice for years. And it's been the experience of the church and of the saints that this helps us, guides us to acquire the mind of Christ. And some would say you cannot acquire the mind of Christ or the mind of the church or the mindset of the church without these sacraments. Worshiping God in spirit and in truth is to want to become like Christ. Attending the services, and I mean that word very specifically, don't mean just being present but being attentive. And we say this all the time, let us attend, um, uh, you know, but if we can say it in the English deacons, so people know what to do, let us attend. When we're attentive and paying attention in the, the services, it is an acknowledgement that we want to become like Christ. And when we're attending to the services and paying attention, we have to see where's our minds. Because the fact of the matter is, you will always be paying attention to something. What are you paying attention to? What is your mind drawn to in this moment? Even in the liturgy, when we say, lift up your hearts, we're bringing you back to paying attention. You could be paying attention to your grumbling stomach. You could be paying attention to your caffeine headache. You could be paying attention to... Other things you could be paying attention to a, a diet, to a, a portfolio. You could be paying attention to, you know, like I said before, yourself. Even when you're in the car, even when you're alone, what are you paying attention to? The entire liturgy, we're saying, let us attend, and we're constantly reminding you to stop thinking about yourself and about something that is not going to give you the kingdom of heaven, because what you think about what you pay attention to is what you become. Attending services is, is actually an act of protest. When we come here, we're saying we're no longer paying attention to you world. 
Yes, you are coming into our minds and into our homes. You are in our, on our phones and all this stuff. We're not paying attention to you. We're paying attention to the one thing that matters in this life, which is Christ. We are saying to the world, we are not going to allow you to make us into what you want us to be. The world has zero desire to allow you to become like Christ. In fact, the world wants to own you. Just like the slave girl. Remember that story of the slave girl that was able to prophesy that Paul cast out the demon and this woman was making lots of money for her owners and when she was healed of this demon, instead of the owners being happy, they were like, no, we just lost our living. We just lost the way that we were making money. The church makes money over owning us and possessing us. When St. Paul healed her, the, world, the owners were angry with him, and the world will be angry, and is always angry with the church, against the church. Worshiping God in spirit and truth is full, a full sensory activity, and requires effort and requires commitment. It's not just listening, it's listening, it's seeing, it's tasting, it's, it's saying, it's, it's proclaiming. It, it requires everything. There's not a minute in time that in the church where we're not trying to grab your attention from something else out there. You cannot worship only when it's convenient and you cannot worship only when you have time. It means that you have to attend. If we want to worship God in spirit and truth, if we want to acquire the mind of Christ, it means we have to attend to everything, the fasts and the feasts. We don't trust that the church we don't trust the church, we don't trust the establishment. We think that when it says fast the apostles fast, it's just extra. This is, you know, it's not really an important fast, right? And 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 it's not true. The church is giving us everything we need to succeed in becoming like Christ. Too often people say the church lets us down, but it's basically uh Forgive me, I, it's user, user error. User error, right? It's the people using the church in a way that it shouldn't be used for. It's not being used in the right way. And we think that the church is broken, but it's, this is a, a, a system that has produced saints for hundreds and hundreds of years. What, what has the world produced? right? What has the world produced or given to us that's better than the church? You cannot worship only when it's convenient. It means you have to attend to the fasts and the feasts. Feast of Ascension. When is it? Who took that day off? It's always a Thursday. It's always 40 days after the resurrection. Who's paying attention to that? Or, or even, you know, uh, our Lord's entry in, into Egypt. Or, or if we have, you know, I always love it when, when someone comes up to me and says... It's the feast of a certain saint on this day. Can we do Vespers? This is, this is showing me that people are being attentive. They know what to pay attention to. To worship God in spirit and truth is to attend to all of this so that we can become true uh, members of Christ who have acquired the mind of Christ, who are becoming like Christ. And the sad news is that even though we could have been in our church, in the church all of our lives, we still might not know what it means to worship God in spirit and truth. We still might not have acquired the mind of Christ. We still might not even care about acquiring the mind of Christ. 
we, we still might not even know how to do this. And I, I have to guarantee, again, the church is not broken. I guarantee that we have not become what we have been watching. Or sorry, no, I should say it differently. We have become what we have been watching. We have become what we've been thinking about. We have become what we have been listening to. And that is what we have to fight against. We will be what we pay attention to. And here we are in the church calling your attention to Christ and to the commandments and to the gospel, calling your attention to pay attention to this so that when you leave, you will pay attention to this as well. So that when we're in Costco online and someone asks us for a bottle of water, we don't say, go you know, get your own water. We say, oh, yeah, sure, no problem. And we can engage with people. If you desire the mind of Christ, you must worship in spirit and in truth. Otherwise, you will have the mind of something else. And, and in the day of judgment, it will betray you. Your mind or where your heart has been will, will manifest itself and will show itself to the world, to Christ. And that will be our judgment in the day, in the, at the end of time. Right? You know, the, the worst thing we want to do is fall unconscious and start muttering what's in our subconscious, right? Then our secrets are, are being, you know, kind of shown, you know, where, where the million dollar treasure is or, or what I've been thinking about all of these years. You know, there are those people that in, when, they're, when they're in coma in the, in the hospital, they'll be saying, hell, hell to we ask you, saint full of glory, ever virgin, mother of God, mother of Christ. And then there are people that are saying other things, right? Talking uh, uh, nonsense because that is where their mind is. And that was what, what they've given their heart to. St. Saint Saint John in the end of his first epistle says, Little children, keep yourself from idols because you will worship something. Do you worship God or what do you worship? We are here to say we worship Christ in spirit and in truth. And we want to acquire the mind of Christ. We want to be filled with the Spirit. And we want to be filled with truth. This woman was remarkable. This woman gives us an example that we have to continue to follow this example of seeking Christ. Of seeking Him and desiring Him. She said, I, the one that I'm with is, 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 is not my husband. She confesses her sins. Right? The one, you know, I have no husband. And Christ says to her, okay, good. You know, we're going in the right direction. And then she goes and she speaks to the men. And she does, she keeps going greater and greater. And if you know the, her tradition, the tradition of her is she's Saint Fotini. And she became a missionary and a martyr. Not only her, but her and her children. So this is some woman that it wasn't just a chance encounter, but it was Christ seeking after the, one he, the ones that, that love him and are seeking for him, even though they don't know that they're seeking for him. And he comes to them. This can happen to each and every one of us. May God allow us to always worship Him in spirit and in truth. May God guide us ever more towards Him to acquire His mind, to become like Him, and that we might shine with the light that He has shown on us. We might shine with the same light in the world. To Him be the glory, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, now and ever and to age of all ages. Amen. Amen.